why did Liverpool get it? Like, why? I mean, Sam Ryder's from down south somewhere, isn't he? Like, he's it, definitely know. like Essex, Kent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. he's Essexy. Mm. But I mean, so, well, it depends how offensive you want me to be, but I think Glasgow and Liverpool... <laughs> fully offensive. Are, I think Glasgow and Liverpool are the two cities that we get the most upset by not getting it. <laughs> I don't think I remember... I don't think I can count more than three people uh, that have entered the Eurovision Song Contest, let alone won it ever. And I think one's ABBA. Mm-hmm. Um, That's four people, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've already exceeded the charges. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> uh, and... Um, yeah, ABBA, uh, the four, okay, three different groups, ABBA, and I think like the, the Sam Ryder guy, uh, from yeah. England, uh, this, this time out, um, and I think that's it, like, I don't know. Jed would have done it. Jed would? Yeah. Oh my God. Twice. Twice. Yeah. yeah. One, once for each of them. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, see, this is the thing about it. It's like, it's such a big thing. And yet I know nobody that really does it apart mm. from ABBA, really. That's the one that most people I know would know. Cliff, yeah. well. Cliff Richard, I think, did it back in the day. Because I think, the, yeah, it, I think when so. it started, you you were almost a name to be in it. And then it became, I think from ABBA, it became, it was like a launch pad. Well, it's still kind of both. Like Some countries do get in people they feel have a, a big enough profile internationally within Europe that they might get something out of it. Sort of depends, like, but, on those acts and whether they actually think it's worth the time it will take them to do Eurovision. But, but I thought it was an amateur competition. I thought that I thought you had to be... I don't know what, how you are an amateur as a musician, although I've seen a fair few amateur <laughs> musicians. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what the, the how you... But, like, didn't from... we have Blue a few years ago? Blue have had a very successful career many years in the past, so it's... At, I don't know what the qualifications are. I do are. remember them now. Yeah, you see, you when go. you say they've been in yeah. it, I remember, but I have no idea them. <laughs> and then if someone put me on the spot, I cannot tell you. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember them, yeah. But, I mean... I always heard it was an amateur competition, and that's why you don't get major pop stars in it. Mm. Um, like you wouldn't get, I don't know, Lady Gaga or whoever. I mean, she's, she's from Amer- America. She's America, but you know that that yeah. kind of level. Yeah. Uh, point mm. taken. Uh, is she from there originally though? Like, is, <laughs> uh, what, where, what's her heritage? Is she Greek or something? I don't know. I, I'm not the go-to person on Lady Gaga. Uh, well, that um, surprises I really would have thought you would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but then. It depends on your because de- Israel are in it, aren't they? So it depends yeah. on your definition of Europe and how far Australia you, are in it now. S- stretch it, yeah. Well, I mean, if Australia get in it, surely yeah. R- Russia. America. Russia used to be in it, uh, mm. which is weird because they're actually now literally in Europe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most political I've ever known you to be. <laughs> what a zinger! You've <laughs> been saving yeah. that up. Well, no, no. I just thought of it in the moment, just you know, just a genius <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, that, that, that's yeah. You're right though. It is like, what is Europe? What is Eurovision? What is the, what, what are any of these cat- categories, or is it just all about whether you're willing to pay whatever money it costs? To, well, I think to Eurovision is partially like the reason that there's what's the core group of I think six countries, or is it four of them? You like us and Italy and the people who get straight through to the final without having to do the semis. The reason we do that is because that we were the first people who did it. We were the like founders and put most of the money into making it a thing initially. And that therefore means we don't have to embarrassingly get kicked out before the finals every year. Um, this sounds like the what happened with football when they tried to set up this new league <laughs> yeah. with like the ever-present like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, Arsenal, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, like, it it sounds a bit, a bit fixed. It's a bit like that. Like, you know, there's, they do the semis with the vast majority of people have to compete in the semis. But there are, I think it's six of us who get to go straight to the finals. That seems no. massively unfair. Although, if you're, if we're still paying for it, I think <laughs> I don't know how much of it we are, but certainly, like you know, early on, those countries put in a significant enough amount of the money to fund it, and that it therefore seemed only polite to let them be in the finals. <laughs> Is it the one thing I am aware of? Not this year just gone, uh, but previous years is just how often England get almost no points uh, from. Uh, yeah, and that, obviously it's because, especially since Brexit, uh, mm. Europeans 
seem to dislike us and so therefore they're not going to vote for us however good the singing is yeah it's so political but um to be to have to be in the final and to Mm. have to pay the bills yeah and then to just be snubbed every year like why would you do that but then uh, partially i i almost think with um the current format of eurovision not having to do the semis is a slight disadvantage in the finals like often the song that wins the eurovision is one that's hotly tipped from way pre eurovision that people have been listening to and most eurovision fans who haven't been following it in advance watch the semi-finals and they'll be like this is the favorite but we're not there as are uh, some other countries so we don't get that pre-show of before the finals of people seeing the the song beforehand yeah i think that's true of a lot of things Mm. isn't it like if you're if you're present prior to the final people know you a bit more yeah Um, yeah it's like it's like it's like the Oscars. It's yeah, like every, it's like everything's kind of like reality TV and stuff. It's the personalities that you notice during the thing that you. It's all decided well before end. it happens, isn't it? It's <laughs> this. It, it's I've, all rigged. <laughs> this is where people yeah, are putting the effort in. I find it hard to get mm. uh, sort of serious about it because I, I've always thought of it as a bit of a joke, the Eurovision. And I had, I briefly dated this girl at uni who was a genuine fan of Eurovisions, and it was the first time I'd met somebody. Mm that was a fan of Eurovision and I just it was mind-blowing because I thought it was just a complete joke that for some reason some European treaty we had to have mm. but I I think it's I don't know me and um me and one of my best friends I, we haven't done it for a couple of years because we've been busy but we used to every year like meet up and make ourselves a score sheet and score everyone on every country on various categories and like it's and then uh, it is silly, but I think it's just leaning into that and well, enjoying sure, it. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, it's just I didn't realise that sort of mm-hmm. culture existed. I, yeah. There are people that that like it, or people that it's a bit of fun. But I just I maybe because I just didn't know anybody that watched it. I just assumed yeah nobody took it seriously. It was like a whole different oh, side of society. Eurovision parties take it very yeah. seriously. I want to go to Eurovision party and have to dress up as a former act entry. <laughs> Because whenever I've done it with my friend, we just, you know, get drunk and score all the acts. But whenever being like, well, you must dress up as France from 1997 or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've got a similar thing. Like, me and a, a couple of my friends, we we do, uh, well, we've often over the years done Oscar parties where we, yeah. we watch everything from the red carpet onwards for the Oscars. And we have a little sweep on who we, we think we're going to win the main categories. And... And we know it's the Oscars is pretty much a decided thing. Like it's all about yeah. money and, it's all PR and, and yeah, stuff, it's all yeah. about that. The and so yeah, we invest in that in a similar way to what I think maybe people invest in Eurovision. It's yeah. just like let's just make it an occasion, even though we know it's not actually a real competition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the main difference though, mm-hmm. I think, is if a movie or an actor or an actress or whoever gets an Oscar win, it, mm. it impacts their career, but everyone in Eurovision seems just to disappear. I think so, but then often they are in industries within their own country that are a smaller music industry than the ones we normally recognise. Like we have a huge American influence on our musical taste. But if you're from a Central European country and you win Eurovision, I bet within the context of your career that's huge and does mm. make a big difference and does allow them to tour within Europe and and do way more shows at home and stuff like that so i think it does have an influence just not um as visibly to us <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a, a gig advertised with the eurovision credit you know i've seen on eurovision <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen, and also like the 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 latest name for us in England has been, or, or is it England or is it Great Britain? It's Great Britain. Great Britain. We compete as, um, we compete or as. United Kingdom. <laughs> I think it is United Kingdom. United Kingdom. Is, we yeah. compete as in this mm-hmm. thing that's decided mm-hmm. before it starts. Uh, Sam Ryder, who mm-hmm. is probably the only person I was aware of prior to a Eurovision competition um in recent years but mainly because i just happened to see him on tiktok over like lockdown yeah doing his his singing and i just think for him it was like a step down yeah well he had had a very uh long and uh, successful music career but went one that sort of 
hadn't thrust him personally into much limelight so yeah i guess so but yeah and maybe his comments would have got worse now because because <laughs> i think before you like he, he seems like a relatively good looking kind of youngish guy that was probably popular with most people on tiktok yeah friendly impossible to dislike really yeah. just one of those people i i cannot be <laughs> but, but wish i was um but now obviously he's opened himself up to like old people yeah <laughs> and like now i just think they they probably wouldn't like him because he's all young and i don't know i just i imagine myself as a 70 year old going hey, do you think you are you longer <laughs> <laughs> so watch you and be like all of these young yeah. people yeah. I like how you've imagined a worse future for you in terms of personality like, <laughs> well I can only imagine I'd get more better because <laughs> I've always had that mantra in life uh, uh, for myself of get better not better like of whatever I've done uh, but I think at some stage you get to an age where I don't think I can get better anymore. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one way for this to go. And it's like, Sam Ryder, cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, the other, that's the thing. Is like he's, he was a TikTok star with millions of views on videos. Like Not mm. just like, it's not one of these TikTok stars that says, I've got millions of views across the millions of videos. He's, but like, yeah. He was getting millions on individual videos, like proper, proper mm. big. And now... Like it's back to that, but I think like that's but probably I, a better career to the, stay there, from in my opinion. Yeah, probably, and certainly, I think for him, money-wise at least. But then I think doing Eurovision, there's a big number of people who have a real affection for Eurovision that will introduce him to a bunch of people who wouldn't have seen him on TikTok, but maybe now would go join TikTok to watch his videos and stuff. So I. Yeah. Like, Do you think that he hmm. would probably just get more corporate gigs? That's probably... Uh, probably, yeah. That, that's that's going to happen, isn't it? Well, it also, it seemed like I got a sense that before and after, it, it kind of just helped people go, oh, yeah, I recognise his name, and potentially was just something that was getting him in people's brains mm. as, a, as an option for things like that, and just, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he won? Um... Well, no, because he didn't get the highest score. But I do think it was inevitable that uh, the Ukrainian entry would win, given the political situation at that time. So do you think Sam won? No, he didn't win. He didn't get the most points. <laughs> uh, I'll ask you again. <laughs> you get, but it, Does getting even the most points you... mean you really won? <laughs> but if you... Okay, well, maybe, but if you eliminate the Ukraine entry and the many, many points they've got and redistribute them however, you don't know where they would have all gone and it's not like mm. you can just subtract that. That many points would have had to go elsewhere and it was some other people were close and maybe without that situation, they, you know, the ones that came second, third and stuff see, would have got a big chunk of those points. You see, I think your answers are so perfectly designed <laughs> for you to never have anyone argue with you because it's just nice but i i, I don't have any negative match thoughts. and it's two one just because you want the person who got one goal to have won doesn't mean they won like well, yeah but they that, could have that, played better for the whole 90 they, minutes they could have but what they didn't have is is a politician stepping onto the field to kick the goal yeah. <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's exactly if a committee in closed doors decided what the goals were yeah <laughs> Because this is the thing, it's like, I, I think historically, at least in the few years I've been aware, I, I've never really watched Eurovision. I've mm. seen snippets of it on the news. I might have like seen clips of it online live as it, as it yeah. happens in the moment. Um, but um, but I've never watched the whole thing like, like You're missing like you out. Have. Graham Norton and formerly Wogan do a very Hit. good job of balancing, yeah, mocking I, it and actually yeah, having a real affection yeah. for one, it. One, which of my, is... one of my favourite things is watching these <laughs> uh, age-old BBC presenters, yeah. like literally the people I'd never want to watch on telly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anyone the BBC goes with across the board for everything, mm. not someone that entertains me generally, mm. uh, albeit I'm sure they're nice people. Uh, <laughs> see me becoming you, trying to... <laughs> no, no, no. I think what you said's right, by mm. the way, but I don't necessarily think that it one of my negative opinions of eurovision is the mm. fact it's political yeah and i think it's not a competition i think it is a matter of doing we should do the right thing but is the right thing giving an award to ukraine who cannot take one of the prizes which was mm. getting to host 
the yeah. next one. Is that a prize when it costs way more money than probably got? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it costs more than they get out of it. But it is true. There's there's lots of years where you watch somewhere like Azerbaijan or someone win and you go, oh, that's, I mean, good for them on the night. But I bet there's a bunch of people in Azerbaijan going, oh, could we have come second? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the one camera's showing the <laughs> Azerbaijan winners like screaming and putting their hands in the air. Yeah. And what they should also have is a camera on the, I don't know, the government accountants <laughs> crying. <Yeah. laughs> going, what have you done? <laughs> You've ruined this country. <laughs> I don't know, like, but that's the point. It's like Ukraine, they didn't win. But they got they got the most points. They didn't win. People voted politically, but and, people and maybe for good reasons politically but... and things like this. And you you cannot eliminate this because uh, music is not like sport. It is subjective. Even if you did everything as a blind thing, so you didn't know what country the, the entry was from, you just listened to them all blind. It's still subjective. Nobody can objectively watch the Eurovisions and go, oh, that is the best song because mm. there'll be someone else who disagrees with them. So it's not like getting them all to run a 100-meter race. You don't just get times. Like It's but, how much people let, like your running but style. <laughs> if, but if Ukraine, mm. let's say Ukraine, Ukraine were mm. caught doping... And they, they how do you dope in Europe? If they disqualify, if they got disqualified, <laughs> they dope. How do you dope in uh, in Eurovision? You get invaded by Russia. Oh, uh, it seems <laughs> not worth it for the payoff. <laughs> no, but if they were yeah. disqualified for some reason, mm. uh, then the winner would have been in, in the UK. I suppose so, but I don't. I, like I said, I don't know what they do with the four hundred. Maybe was it four hundred? Was it more like five hundred points they got? That's a lot of points in Eurovision. That's yeah, loads. But you, if, you... if someone gets disqualified in a hundred meters race, you don't mm. you don't have to distribute the nine point nine seven seconds he took. You upgrade everyone. You move them into a spot. No, you, that... just, you get rid of the person that come first, and you move yeah. everyone along one. You yeah, do, you but don't if you don't redistribute any but... times or points. Okay, but if you're redistributing, if you're eliminating someone, should you not? When you go to each country and they go, we gave this person 12 points, we gave this person 10, we gave this person 8. If you take out the 12-point person, should never move up so someone moves into the scores there and everyone gets a different amount of points. So you do alter the point totals. Yeah, but 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 where England appeared would have always, or UK appeared would have always gone up. Like, I, 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 let's not, but Sam Ryder won, as far as I'm concerned. And and I, as, a, as a huge fan of Eurovision and a proud British person, I'm really <laughs> glad to say that, but, you know... <laughs> I think, that, but my my point is, I I understand why Ukraine got it, but that but because things like that happen, that's why I could never be a fan of Eurovision. Yeah, to think of it, it's more like Big Brother than the Olympics. <laughs> mm. yeah. But it's, but it's but it's a, but Big Brother's not attached to the arts. Like music is artistic, and I, I feel mm. like. I feel like giving someone a win for 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 not necessarily the reason of being the best is it, it ruins. But it, that exists it in a, sour taste in a lot of the arts anyway. Oh, like the does. Oscars, I love the Oscars as well. A lot of the thing that gets Oscar campaigns buzz is the PR around not the film, like around you know was there any difficulties filming it what's this person doing at the moment are they having a hard time let's you know maybe they need a win and that none of that is the quality of the film but it is all contributing to who wins and who gets yeah i think the only difference i think the only major difference uh, although i agree with you Mm. in principle uh i think the major difference (laughs) is that most oscar nominated films uh, tend to come from big studios with big budgets and they they tend to be they tend to have successful uh, people behind them already, uh, yeah. and and the ones that come through into that that are from unknowns generally come through on merit from like Sundance or wherever they've gone through festival circuits. Yeah. And um, there's lots of politics, and it's not perfect. And I agree mm-hmm. with you; it's definitely not. But uh, I feel like when I when I see someone that's won an Oscar, mm-hmm. I, I, I often would think, well, that wasn't the best acting performance, or that wasn't the best film. But yeah. it's still generally a good acting oh, yeah, performance yeah. or a good film. I've seen some abysmal songs at Eurovision. That abysmal. Is, it's it's got a it's got a character UK. to it that's, <laughs> that's different from but other bits of the music industry where it's it has a different style that is not necessarily the most popular. Uh, here like yeah many other songs would not chart well but that's not really what they're aiming for they're aiming for the kind of quirky on the night 
uh, standing out in your mind that you have to do to win Eurovision? Mm. This is why I, th I, I, I genuinely think there shouldn't be competitions for the arts because I think it is such a subjective thing and I think with, yeah. uh, with sports there's a race and you can go right that person was the fastest but mm. to me that's not what there is a sort of Darwinian element to it but it's like you know mm. the Beatles emerged I think you've got a merge in the arts you know the, the Beatles emerged yeah. there was Rory and the Hurricanes in the Merseyside and the, mm. they, they were going to be the big one and the Beatles they didn't win them in some structured thing they just sort of that that I just think to to build this uh, edifice around it and sort of I I you know I don't think that's the point of art and culture to, no. to make mm. make these competitions uh, isn't there enough competition in life do you know what I mean life's just a competition yeah I mean luckily Eurovision's not being the artistic part of their performances is not being judged anyway it's all the politics and everything else so so I would I would hazard a I would say that that I agree with you about that. But Eurovision probably doesn't even come into the arts. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Like I'd agree. I don't like competition in the arts, particularly in uh, ones that I have entered and not won. They've all been rigged. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's hard because even if you eliminate obvious stuff like like within comedy, for example, they have like best show or best newcomer or you know best act in this competition even if you eliminate them i think there's still you cannot eliminate competition because if you eliminate that then you'll default to people going oh well who got the most five star reviews and that's still a competition yeah. and think that and that if you eliminate that you can go to oh well who sold the most, yeah, most I, I, tickets and that's also a competition and all of that is obviously influenced by a show that's good but also can be massively skewed by spending I don't know three grand I, on a I, good PR. I think well, but tickets is a certain mm. measure. But I think I think mm. competition reviews. I know loads of people. Some mm. of them might be my family, but they, they've got no <laughs> ability to navigate what they like about in the arts. So they just go, yeah. oh, that that guy got this award or nominated, and mm. that to me is like cheating. Yeah, you've got mm. to know what's good yourself. I think it's frustrating and, to watch when you're within it and you yeah. you know more, but then also. If you go to some like, somewhere big, like where there's more stuff happening, like at the Edinburgh Festival or like other comedy festivals like Leicester or things like that, or just film festivals, where there's more stuff than you can see everything of. So you cannot possibly have an opinion on everything because you're not going to see everything. So you are already using a, a an opinion you have just based off reading them in the brochure and stuff to pick the people already. And, and that's going to be frequently yeah. not... I think accurate. <laughs> we had it, we had it at school. Maybe it goes back to this, but we had like they'd go, "Oh, let's have a little talent competition." And that to me, it was people that don't know how to deal with art and creativity to go, mm. well, "We'll have a little competition because we don't actually uh, know how to." And I don't know how you compare one thing to another because yeah. even with yeah. movies, they're so different. It's like yeah, something might be very popular. Mm. I might have an instant hit, but something might long term have more impact. Yeah. That I just think. It's it's almost like just leave it to the history books. Yeah, well, it is. People do struggle to know how to celebrate yeah. really good artistic stuff without going, give it a prize. Like it's. And as soon as it's got enough prizes, what else can it do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, Hello, it's Mr. Great actor. Uh, let's lock him in a room with three people he doesn't know for a week. Uh, see how he does in a reality show. Have uh, you got a script for a sitcom? <laughs> but like the, the thing about. Um, uh, Sam Ryder in particular um, is when I when I saw probably on some news site I, I, I would have been when I f was first aware that he was our uh, entrant um, when I when I saw him in it and I, I'll, I'll 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 say this up front this might not be a good way to think uh, <laughs> but I did think it I just thought my first thought was he's a good-looking guy uh, he's got he looked like a Viking to me. Like yeah. he had that sort of like he looked quite strongly masculine, but mm. also kind of quite unthreateningly feminine mm. as well to me. Like, and I don't know whether I'm sh I should use those words in that way, but I, I have, so I have. And uh, but I remember thinking this guy's got a chance because he's mm. he's like. I think a guy could like him. I think a girl could like him. I think mm. he's, he's, he's quite friendly. He's all, whenever I'd seen videos of him, he's always smiley and happy and he had that engaging way about him. I'm like, yeah. this, this, this guy could have a chance. And then, 
And then the last thing I thought is, oh yeah, he can sing as well. Because I knew mm. that from his TikToks, but it was the last thing I thought of yeah. when I was considering his chances. <laughs> but that is, but like Eurovision is, is kind of like a reality programme where they do some singing, but also a huge amount of it is the story and yeah. and all the, you know, are you, you imagine good like, at being but, friendly and all these interviews, can you come across well? Can but you, could you imagine like going mm. to the Olympics and thinking, wow, this Usain Bolt guy, he's got cropped hair, he's, yeah. uh, he's, he's wearing yellow and green, that's, that's got, he smiles a lot, he's really friendly, I think this guy's got a chance yeah. in the 100 metres, you know, like, it's like, it seems crazy to think that way, yeah. uh, it's because it would never have any bearing, uh, but, but at Eurovision it, it did and, you know, I, I think if he was a the same singing voice in a slightly different package might not have done as well, I think. But that's kind of the arts, isn't it? A lot of it's I, presentation. I suppose, that, I suppose that is true. It is that likability factor. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and if I ever get even part of that, I'll let you know. <laughs> You'll be long gone if you find even part of that. <laughs> I see you more as a Van Gogh kind of a guy. Not, not successful after I'm dead. Yeah. If then, yeah, but not, but not, not appreciated in your own lifetime. <laughs> Uh, that's my worst fear. Uh, is is I'd rather be underappreciated forever. Uh, I don't oh, ever want to feel like yeah, I missed out. Overappreciated in your own lifetime. Cash in, and then after you're dead, people going. Mm, I think maybe I'll just you forget you existed. Yeah, is there, who, who would be an example of that? Who would overappreciate and then like found out? Would that be? The, I don't know. It feels like there's lots of examples, and I can't. Well, look I at a that, single one I think that's true of loads of people because a lot the, of uh, Andy Warhol I'd put him in mm. that category I think he was probably mm. more successful when he was alive uh, he's still successful yeah, yeah. now but I think he was more like yeah. people talked a lot more about him and, and like big demot yeah now everyone's just like yeah it's alright it's soup isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is what happens if we get rid of competitions that is the analysis mm. yeah, just it's so, it's soup, it? I mean, I don't know. Oh, the, come on, everyone does that art now, like yeah. even Obama. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't. I assume that Eurovision was the seventy. It came out the seventies. It feels very seventies, very pan-European. Mm. Yeah. You know, this is the age of Aquarius. Uh, we are, you know, everyone all together, and try almost like let's try and stop another Hitler. And I think that was yeah. Well, let's not have another Hitler. And we'll, go, we'll have a song competition, and it just seems like ridiculous. Well, I don't know what their current like motto is, but I always felt like with Eurovision, their ethos seems to be let's celebrate our differences, but also like what our similarities in the sense that they're that, like all the before every entry, they always have that little whatever they call them postcard right. things where they show you a bit about the country, and it's like an artsy short film and stuff like that. So everyone is coming forward and going, "Look, here's my culture. Let me present it." But then also everyone's been like, "We're all similar. We don't need to fight." That's kind of Eurovision, basically. But also underneath, there's all these politics going on. About yeah, yeah. When I think country. about it, it's just like. Mm. In the in the ways you've just mm. talked about it, as a way of just like coming together, that, yeah, it sounds sweeter and nicer. I but, think it's nice. Yeah, yeah, but when I think about it as just competition, which is all I'd really thought about it up until now, yeah. I'm just all that's in my head is is these negative thoughts of, but it's not a competition. Yeah, you know? and yeah, I, I don't know, like maybe because I think of it from the artist point of view of like, well, what's mm. in it for you? Really, it's not really yeah. a, a thing. It's like if I saw it, if I went along, if I was walking along. The street and I saw a billboard up with a, I don't know, a, a musician advertising a gig saying, you know, winner of Eurovision. That that would be the thing that made me not go to the gig. You wouldn't go see Conchita. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. And, I don't think I'd go to any gig with someone that was using a Eurovision, Eurovision credit because generally mm. most of the things I've seen in it are terrible. No. Um, and and maybe they are okay in the moment on the mm. night for a bit of fun, but I. Have you ever been out after Eurovision and bought some of the songs? Is that something you've done? I don't really buy that much music. I'm like, it's it makes me sound like a robot, but I'm not really a big music person. Mm. I don't listen to that much music, and so mm. I enjoy stuff like Eurovision and things, but I don't. Yeah, I don't go. I must listen to this again and again. But I do that with songs I enjoy from all sorts of things. I'll hear them and be like, oh, "That's good," but I then don't think about them again for quite a while. Mm. Well, all I'm hearing here is that you're not really into music and you love Eurovision, and they seem to be good bedfellows. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's, but that's the thing. People who love Strictly Come Dancing don't just love dance. They also love the drama. And it's it's a competition, but most of the competition's personality. It's a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like things that involve personality. <laughs> what do you think, Stephen? <laughs> well, I, I, th- I just wonder what the carbon footprint of collectively over the years of Eurovision is. It must be massive. And really, all it's produced is ABBA, really, of of value. So, like, the, my comparison to Eurovision is the Manhattan Project, where, you know, to build the first nuclear bomb in America. It's apparently used something like 10% of all the electricity in America. It had the same floor space as the, the four top biggest corporations, mm. multinationals in America, to, to produce a few kilograms of this material that was special mm. properties and to yeah. me that that few kilograms is ABBA and all of that <laughs> 50 years of Eurovision is just to mm. get ABBA and e- even then was it worth it like it, it's I, I like ABBA but I would like them in a sort of I'll listen to their greatest hits once every five years sort of mm. thing I just it feels to me an enormous effort but to, if for you, that something better must come out of it now. But if you don't think of it as an, uh, a talent finding device for musicians if you think of it as like a as fun something that you can Europe, drop on Japan uh, well, no if you think of it like a, <laughs> <laughs> a fun sort of let's do something that everyone in Europe can watch and enjoy together there aren't really that many shows that such a wide range of countries would all watch like mm. like the Olympics and maybe some sporting competitions and football stuff like that but that's you know only one country against another at a time it's very in terms of the number of countries that are all witnessing it at the same time it has a really big probably fairly positive impact it's it's a bit silly and it's fun and it's just you know singing songs on the night and celebrating lots of different countries but you know and some it's I think you, you're not meant to look at it as a let's find the next big musical star. You're meant to look at it as like, is this a fun night that will be, you know, enjoyed by the majority of people who watch it across all these countries? I mean, this is my prejudice and I don't know. I just, I, I suppose because I just don't get it that I assume everyone that likes it is liking it ironically. Is that the case? Or are there people that genuinely like it like it? I think there's people who genuinely like it. But also I think people who are liking it and ironically are still enjoying it if you like on the in the moment if you're like sure i like this because i think it's funny but you have fun doing that so it's it's still f- like because when wogan did it mm. and i haven't heard uh who did you say graham norton, graham norton. i haven't heard his commentary but wogan mm. certainly had us for a very dry sort of yeah. sarcastic undertone to it all um, I just, I, I mean, I, there must be people that actually like it, like it, but I just assume that everyone's ironically liking it. And then mm-hmm. I think if you have to ironically like something, it's like, because it's not very good. And <laughs> But I think I, I would wager that the coverage in most places is kind of similar with a presenter who's like poking a bit of fun of at some of the acts, but in a playful way. And yeah, people, it's a long show. Nobody's genuinely watching every single song and going, this this might be the best song I've ever heard, but it's like... <laughs> no, no no one's thinking that. I think we can all agree. Uh, the money in, involved in it, though, because, mm. like, this whole thing is voted for by the public phoning in. And uh, also now 50% of it by judges from each country. Yeah. Mm. So, but there must be a lot of money coming in to these phone lines. Yeah, although I think... I could be wrong, but I think most of them are... They're not allowed to be premium lines. I think they have to at least be like the same line you would vote for Strictly Come Dancing on, not like one you do a, a TV competition on. So, the, so there's no profit in it? I don't know about that, but I think it's it's not like one of those ones where it'll cost you five quid for one vote, or yeah. at least it's not meant to be. Okay, but money-wise, mm. let's talk about that, because as we touched on <laughs> earlier, if you win it, you have to host it, and it yeah. feels like a punishment, because... <laughs> All I've ever read about in the news is mm. how costly it is to stage the Eurovision Song Contest yeah. uh, and how little that country actually gets out of it. Because it's not like the mm. like the Olympics, for instance, will leave... People complain about the Olympics all the time, mm. the, the cost of staging that. But if you stage like the Olympics in London, for instance, you mm. you get stadiums built that you can then 
yeah. refit and use for other things, um, which, you know, you may lose money, but there is a gain yeah. uh, for the communities. Uh, obviously, if you build a World Cup's stadium out in the middle of brazil in the rainforest that's not getting used anymore is it so yeah. that's a complete waste but like things with eurovision you're not you're not building anything but so but quite a lot of places are for eurovision like we right. don't need to we have a lot of existing stadiums that are the right kind of capacity yeah but we have those stadiums because we use them for stuff yeah but uh, other countries that don't building them have to become... built stuff for eurovision and then obviously it exists there still afterwards but, the, but yeah but mm. It exists a bit like the Brazilian rainforest football mm. stadiums. It yeah. exists as a as a, as a memory of what once was. Like it, yeah. it's not necessarily in a place that it's going to get used. Because if think, it was, it probably would already exist to some extent. It's a bit like hosting a house party, <laughs> in the sense that it will cost you some money. You'll buy drinks and things, and you'll have people around. They'll bring bring a bit, but you're not making a profit on the evening. But the profit is meant to be. Oh well, we'll have a nice time and some great memories, but you don't have that. Um, you know, it's not financially. Well, useful. here's the thing. I'd ha- I'd have a house, <laughs> which is why I have no friends and I don't invite them around. <laughs> but this is the thing. I'd have a house party now because I could afford to buy a few drinks and lose mm. that, but I would not have had a house party for most of the adult years of my life. <laughs> because, mm. and that's the, that's the point is like, and I could have done with the house party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you know, like I could have done with being more social. Maybe that would have helped me out of my poverty yeah. but not at cost to me that no. would have made the situation worse I don't know where I'm going with this other than the fact that I think that any I'm poor not trying country to... wins who... they're at a loss yeah. yeah but who are the house party bureaucrats I mean this is I don't know who's behind Eurovision but I, this is, I assume that there's some sort of oligarchs who've been there forever like it's <laughs> like I just assume anything that's international bodies is corrupt like FIFA the Olympics, mm. the UN, mm. and Eurovision. I just imagine there's some committee All guys. similarly corrupt. <laughs> yeah, and that very forensic way that I've examined each, each case, balanced it carefully in my mind, but and just went, they're all exactly the same. And <laughs> even though Eurovision is not global, it's sort of pan-European. Um, mm. I just, I don't know, is there because so, there was a guy who was in charge of the Scottish Football Association for decades, and he, he, you couldn't get rid of him. And I, mm. I, I just assume there's some... Austrian or something there's some guy in charge of Eurovision well it exists to a degree like I was saying there's um, a group of countries that don't have to do the semi-finals we exist there as a permanent feature right we're like a permanent member of the UN except for for Mm. Eurovision yeah and we can we've got a veto yeah (laughs) of course the the next one quite rightly is being held in the winner's country uh, in the UK Uh, (laughs) and it was it was going to be I think between Glasgow and Liverpool, and Liverpool have got it, haven't they? Yeah. So they're staging next year's Eurovision Song Contest. I can't mm. think of a better city in the world to go and get glammed up uh, for a <laughs> night out. Like I think it would be brilliant. Like, <laughs> it's the to this day, mm. I've driven through many cities mm. in my life, and to this day, it's still the only place where I've seen multiple and I mean many people walking around in curlers slippers and uh, basically like they've just woken up and started preparing for the next night out uh, <laughs> I, I, I've seen that uh, uh, it's not uh, in my head as I said that it feels like I'm talking about women I'm not just talking about women mm-hmm. here. like I've never known a group of people put more effort into a night out and kudos yeah. to them for it. I think it feels They'll like it's put a good on a great place. show. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's the right place to be if yeah. you want to get dressed up and have your hair done. Mm. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, um, why did Liverpool get it? Like, why? I mean, Sam Ryder's from down south somewhere, isn't he? Like, he's it, definitely know. like Essex Kent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. he's Essexy. Mm. But I mean, so, well, it depends how offensive you want me to be. But I think Glasgow and Liverpool fully offensive. Are, I think Glasgow and Liverpool are the two cities that we get the most upset by not getting it, <laughs> and, and, and we'd get the most um, victim hoodie about not getting it. So they've basically given it to probably the person that would get most upset for them, and the second most upset person is and, Glasgow. And also guaranteed they could not get upset together. <laughs> Because that, yeah. that would be like... And there is an affinity. Glasgow and Liverpool feel there's a kind of a solidarity. It's a weird sort of... Although they're different parts of the UK, there's this sort of solidarity. So in some way, mm. it's going to cause them a bit of... Glasgow are going to feel conflicted. I, I've yeah. always felt 
and maybe it's just as an English person, uh, but I've always felt like there's an affinity between places like Glasgow, Liverpool, and also like Dublin and yeah. places mm-hmm. in Ireland. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and I always thought it was like this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in this, but maybe I'm completely right. But I mm-hmm. always thought it was like a clannish anti-English movement more than a like we're against them because they've yeah. been. I don't know, although Liverpool's English. but the, uh, Well, there's a big Irish community yeah, in, lots. in Glasgow and Liverpool, and they're, yeah. both, okay. they're both ports as well. Yeah, um, okay. Similar, maybe, industries at one point, and a lot mm. of kind of people coming in and out. They're big. There were similar economic stages of development with the, the British yeah. Empire and stuff. Well, that makes mm. sense. So I could understand why, why Scottish people or Irish people would be annoyed with the English. I, def- mm. I know that much about history, but the Liverpool yeah. thing always, I didn't know why there was an affinity there. Um, there's some kind of I don't because it's basically Lancashire isn't it except they took a lot of Irish people so it, yeah. it's close to Manchester and there's similarities but there's a lot of it's got a very unique mm. flavour to it that it doesn't yeah. ha- you don't find elsewhere I've right. always been a bit jealous of people from Liverpool yeah. because I always feel like like they belong Like it's very uh, cool yeah like, I've always been from I've always been from a place where I don't feel like I belong to a group mm. like and, and I know I obviously do in many <laughs> ways, but I've never felt like I belong properly. Yeah. And like Liverpudlians and to some extent Mancunians and stuff I always feel like they've got a good sense of us yeah, about no, them. And, uh, yeah. But I mean, this, you know, Liverpool would have been in the 60s, the, uh, we've mentioned the Beatles, but there was just like loads of bands coming out of Merseyside at, at that time. And it's mm. sort of almost, it feels, there's a sort of tragedy that there's not the same natural output of, of of music now and that this sort of caravan this bandwagon of um bureaucracy music bureaucracy <laughs> has come has come home it, it to me is the sort of antithesis of what um uh you know the beatles and and all that sort of music scene was should we should we do a bet ahead of time now like how many minutes do you think it will take graham norton to mention that liverpool is where the beatles are from during the Eurovision, f- I, I think, I think, mm. I think within the first ninety seconds. <laughs> it- I think I give him. Well, so at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of introductory bump. I don't know if it end up in there. There's often a lot of other stuff. There's. I would say it will come up within the first fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. That mm. seems like a safe bet. You're going to go four minutes just to annoy me, aren't you? 31 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I don't have a strong feel for this one because I don't mm. know how, you know, I think Norton could be subversive and hold it off. Yeah. yeah. Get, well, also, he's got a, a, a big knowledge of all the acts and they like he does a very good job of knowing, you know, being really well briefed on everyone and them and their mm. careers and stuff. Like like when you watch his show, he's, you get a real sense that he's put the effort into not just read the cards to actually like have a good idea of who the guests are. So he does a good job when you're watching it of having a lot to say about things where you'd think, God, he's going to have to fill time here. So, you know, he you might see, have I'm, a lot so much of that that the Beatles don't get a mention. See, I'm very suspicious of the, t- <laughs> of the types of people you need to become as writers when you get jobs for public <laughs> broadcasters like the BBC. I feel like, irrespective of my respect for some of those writers off- mm. outside of BBC contracts, once they're working for the BBC, they write in a specific way. And I think the first line that's going on one of those cue cards is, home to the Beatles, <laughs> uh, because it's just the most obvious thing for well, a yeah, BBC like a Proud musical yeah. history, yeah, like Jer- the Beatles, Jerry and the Pacemakers, and all the others. Um, <laughs> yeah. If someone, if someone said to me, "Well, we've got this new thing called the Eurovision Song Contest. It's just full of bureaucracy, and it's it's really not artistically proper. And like the people that win it will be people that are just undergoing a war, and and all this sort of stuff. Uh, which channel do you think it's going to be on? <laughs> I'll be like, it's BBC through and through, prime time. I think I think how he should open it is going... Is Wogan still alive? In that case, let's put Norton on it. <laughs> I think he should open with a, a, a city famed for its political corruption. I think there's a council not in special measures or something. I think there's a thing where... The, like, yeah. is, this, is this in Liverpool? I think there's right? a thing where if the council's too corrupt, the, the central government can step in and run it. I think that's happened in Liverpool. And then there was the militant thing in the 80s. And I think you should say, oh, from his long tradition of political corruption, now comes another political <laughs> corruption. 
I never knew Euro- this. The Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> I hope so. Pitch it. Yeah. Let's see. And then I think you should just cut to mm. a guy with a sort of envelope just yeah. handing over... Uh, what, an envelope of cash? Just well, it, it's implied cash, but yeah. it could just be innocent, but just handing it over. Um, nice. Oh, that, that would be my... I don't think they would... I could pitch that. I don't think they'd use that sort of... Do you think that um, our next competitor... I it's not been announced, has it? I no, I don't think no. they've done it yet. Um, do you think our next competitor should also come from the same area that they got Sam Ryder from, like someone that's successful online? Uh, it might be a good idea. Certainly, like, when you think about people who... I know lots of people who watch Eurovision and the number of people I know who vote is a lot lower. It's more like people watch it and they're fascinated by who's going to win, but rarely do people bother to pick up the phone, at least of the friends I know who like Eurovision. Mm. So I think an audience that's more engaged with their phone almost is more likely to vote and therefore potentially a more successful strategy. Mm. Um, But I don't know. I've never won Eurovision. (laughs) I, I think like someone that is a success on something like TikTok will be seen by people in those other countries way ahead like people in those countries voting for sam Ryder would have probably been aware of him anyway yeah Uh, well i think whereas that wouldn't be true if he was a star on the bbc no well also i think like we've made the mistake in the past of frequently choosing acts like that were very successful here that did not have a a career with, with within europe they sort of Try to go to other places, but mostly yeah. they were like Blue. Like Blue are not famous in Belgium, mm. so like, <laughs> Blue are a very UK thing, and people here are not allowed to vote for the UK act, which is why yeah. someone like Sam Ryder, who has a a more universal, yeah. So that's what we need to do. We need yeah. to put our TikTok stars on it. Yeah, uh, David Hasselhoff. I think he, you know, he's is he a TikTok star? No, he, but he claims. <laughs> he should be. I think he claims to be a big pop star in Germany, although I don't think that's necessarily true. But I think he's more hyped than the actual stardom. Like, he has a career there, but yeah. I don't think Germans are like, yeah, he's the best music. I mean, I think they started. He used I'm to pretty say, sure he sang at that concert in Germany when they brought down the Berlin Wall. Oh, yeah, he's, he's well, had he a, got He got on the gig. Yeah, <laughs> he got the gig, but it doesn't mean you're going to go, he's the best thing about it. I think yeah. they were more thrilled about the wall. Than yeah. no, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were more into Hasselhoff. <laughs> Baywatch was doing well at the time. Yeah. I think that was more more important than getting away from the Russians. I think it helped bring down communism. Baywatch. I think <laughs> the West looks such fun. This, this communism lark's not. Um, I, well, I think he was before the internet where he used to he used to be able to claim I'm a big success in another country and people didn't really check it out. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think we should say right. Let's see, let's see then, David. We should maybe my girlfriend's from another school. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, she goes to a different school. <laughs> is, that, is that is that something someone's done? That, yeah, that that's was, a standard that trope yeah, of teenagers right. being like, oh mm. no, you know, I have got a girlfriend. She's really attractive. She just goes to another school. So yeah, man. Oh, uh, that's how dumb I was. I could have done with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. You didn't live multiple lives as a teenager. You didn't have like no. I lived the miserable one I was given. <laughs> I think when I was a teenager, my life was just an intricate web of lies. I think it was like who knows most, what and who thinks what. Yeah, the most that, dishonest I've ever been. It's yeah. like just where, and then you would have that awful moment where your worlds would collide, and you were like this group of friends they don't know about. Well, I, I remember yeah. the only lie I well, I'm sure I lied lots as a kid, but the only lie I remember at school to like made to make myself seem better was I remember once to, everyone was going through this phase of making homemade comics uh, making mm-hmm. comic books at home out of paper sellotaping them to the pages together and making your own word searches on them and stuff and then mm-hmm. trying to sell them at school to each other mm-hmm. for a few pence even like sellotaping like combs and stuff we'd stolen from around the house as free, <laughs> look free gift because it was at the time when that all that's kind, adorable yeah it, it is adorable isn't it uh, I remember we were all selling them and then I came I put so much effort into one and brought it in and I remember some kids saying it's great I want to buy it and they bought the comic off me and I was like this is my dad I, I got this from my dad he works in comics books and stuff so that's how I knew what to do and my dad was in prison <laughs> but was he in the prison comic book no no he, 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 he'd never been in the comic book it, like he was he was probably some sort of villain from a comic book was probably the nearest he ever got to one he was a 
Horrible man. I, I think that's fair enough. If that, if that, that it's better than he's on an oil rig. I mean, and I think it's. <laughs> I, I salute your imagination. No, he's, he's I, I would have preferred my dad to be on an oil rig than be in prison. <laughs> no, but the comparison is whether you prefer him to be um, on an oil rig or, or a mastermind in comic books. I, I think. Yeah. I think you, you. That that to me though is a a reactive lie. Like I think it's yeah. one thing to just to cover up something and you do that as a kid but then when you start proactively lying to yeah. create a, a whole false narrative some people sometimes yeah. things kids say stick with you and I, i've said stuff on this podcast about stuff like that before but uh i wonder if there's any kids out there mm. that are still thinking i wonder why will never follow his dad into the comic book <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you go to a reunion all of them will be dying to ask you that yeah I've never been to a reunion. Uh, no, although I've never, there's never, either I'm not getting invited, which is a high possibility, but also I've never been to a educational institution that's been like, we must have a reunion. Just because none of them have been like, you know, Oxbridge or things so, yeah, where yeah, people yeah. are like, we must come back so we can yeah. get money off our previous alumni. And all the schools I went to are like, you know what, if you want to meet up with each other, you organise it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's the school mm. reunions I'm aware of. I'm sure mm. they're fun, but the the, what, the main reason I've not been is because I've not lived there anymore. Yeah. But the, the reason that would have maybe kept me away from the reunions, even if I did mm. live there, is because I don't think I harbour any... any I, I don't think I still remember anyone I fancied from school. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been the only reason I'd want to check up on someone I had a crush on, and I don't yeah. remember having a crush on anyone in my year. I do think when I think about reunions of like secondary school or maybe college, well, less so college because I've got people there who I'd be not nice to see again. But my secondary school, I'm like, who would I be going to that reunion to see? Like, I don't yeah. stay in touch with any of those people, so clearly I'm not that interested in them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it'd be like having a reunion if you'd gone to prison. I just, yeah. I thought of school as just like a real yeah. ordeal to get through and never look back on it. And so I, mm. I suppose I just wouldn't want to uh, meet up. And also, I remember having a job when I was about 23, 24, and the, the, this woman in the office, she'd been at school and I'd really fancied her when I was about 13. And she, mm. she, she just looked like I didn't at all at this point. And I thought, mm. oh my God. Yeah. Um, th th it's all been a lie, though. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I would so, like when I'm I think about a reunion like that, and I'm like, would I want to go back and be polite to all these people who I thought were very mean as teenagers? Like, yeah. not really. Am I that invested in what they're doing? Not really, unless there's some good gossip involved, in which case I am. But mo just for the gossip, not for my interest in them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think you shouldn't have a reunion irrespective of who organised mm. it, you shouldn't have one too soon. Yeah. Because, like, I think from my thoughts on it and from people I've spoke to, people go for two reasons. One I've already covered, which is to check up on someone you used to fancy. Yeah, uh, very and, good reason. And, and second is to check up on someone that used to bully you. To, yeah. Or, or just to see people you didn't like to make sure their life's not going well. <laughs> to just to check that you've done something more cool than that them. That you're better than them. Yeah. Or, 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 or to some extent, if you were the geek at school or whatever, or, or you were bullied, yeah, to yeah. prove you made something of yourself, yeah. which invariably those people a lot of the time do. Yeah. Uh, because of that. Mm. <laughs> what what comes first, the, the bullying or the successful career? I think the bullying <laughs> it definitely comes. It's got to be done for a reason. Uh, I don't know. I I sometimes wonder if people, the certain people mm. that are bullied, sense that when they're at school, this is the best they're ever going to do. It's yeah. like this is my time. I, mean, and the, I think they realise it subconsciously. Maybe they're on a downward trajectory after that. Well, yeah, there are some people who are like the most popular person in high school type age and then from there you're like oh that was peak you that was yeah. that was your moment and i guess you took it but <laughs> yeah dined out dined out in the school years so I, yeah. I, I i do like going back for that kind of resentful reason of finding out mm. if people are doing worse than me yeah mm. um, oh yeah absolutely love that yeah. there's a few people who went to my school who i happen to be friends with on facebook who i never really got on with like i desperately wanted them to want to be friends with me but they didn't at school but i keep them as friends because i'm like oh i can look through your photos if i do this and see what you've been doing <laughs> I, I think i've got on facebook i think two, i've got two friends from school and even those have mm. slipped through the net because mm. they were girls that, that, that got married and changed their name so at least i wouldn't have knowingly 
mm. approved of anybody from school because I would have had a sort of scorched earth policy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, but so there's a there's a few people that, uh, mm. but apart from that, I, d I don't really. I'm not aware. I of mean, sometimes there's a nice situation where you see someone you haven't seen for ages who might be from school or from college or something like that, and actually you never had any kind of particularly strong interactions with them, but it's it's nice to catch up. Like, God, I, the thing is with performing, especially if you're doing it under the name same name you were at school, people who went to school with you will go, oh, yeah, I went to school with them, and then frequently turn up or, like, you know, be at these things. So you do, I think, more often than perhaps you would in another job, re-meet people like i've had people from secondary school come see me at edinburgh fringe and things like that without telling me they were coming and it's been like hey it's it's me from year seven and i'm like okay <laughs> and that's quite nice but that's because it's not like a reunion it's it's one or both of you yeah. making an active effort to be like oh it might be nice to catch up with that individual again instead of just yeah. broadly going to see what everyone's been doing and trying to assess where I rank myself in the in the hundred or so who, people. Who, who was the guy from year seven then? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of them was a friend who was in my GCSE PE class and we were friends um, like a bit after, like after we'd finished that school as well because we had a few other mutual friends and then I had a, f yeah, a few other people who are like I'm saying, like people who I was obviously aware of there was only 100 people 120 people in my year at secondary school and mm. so that's enough people that you can know everyone but you obviously have people you know much better and then there's people who are more peripheral but it's almost ones who are like more peripheral but you know you never it was always a pleasant interaction but it was more more like we we have to work together in science as opposed to we're desperately trying to be friends with each other see i'm suspicious mm. of someone that would turn up to not just your gig but anyone you're suspicious of anyone school. who would turn up to my gig no <laughs> <laughs> Must have terrible taste. And anyone from like, like, because for me, it's like, it, mm. it, that's why I said, tell me about this guy. Because I just assumed straight away it would be a man that maybe might yeah. have had a crush it, on you. It, it may be true. Or certainly at least there was a point when I had a crush on him and he had no interest in that, no interest. And then he came to see me and I felt like there was a, oh, are you now going you're all right now because I had no interest in him at that point yeah, but yeah, yeah. also we were friends but it's, it, maybe it says something more about me that the vast majority of people from my school who come to see me do uh, comedy consistently are the teachers oh, okay. <laughs> like every time I gig in uh, Cambridge where I went to school um, like the last time I was there for Cambridge Festival, I was doing my hour-long show. My science, uh, my biology teacher, my physics teacher came to see me and uh, and they brought apologies from my maths teacher. That's, none of the other students were there, but those were, those two have been to see me multiple times. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm such a what, nerd. What, I have more friends on it? Facebook who were my teachers than the students at that what, school. What, what was it that your maths teacher did to you so awfully back then? Oh no, my maths teacher. <laughs> The lives in France that, and that's why she had to apologise the only people that have come to see me mm. like from my past mm. at a gig that I can remember that didn't that didn't contact me prior to coming to say yeah. I'd like to meet up which is usually just old work friends and stuff mm. the only people that have just shown up out of the blue have been women that I've had one night stands with <laughs> <laughs> A long time ago, mm. admittedly, but like in an old career, yeah. uh, like women I knew with current boyfriends just turned up and I found it in insanely weird that, that is they odd. would do that. I've had the, the nice one. It's happened three times. Is when people turn up and they're a friend from like a hobby you had, like a club you went to. And that's much nicer because you actually had something in common with them in terms of actual interests. And that's not, you do just sometimes lose touch with people from like you know, after school club or something like that. And it is actively nice to see them again because you actually had a shared interest. You see, anyone like mm. that that's come to see me along mm. those lines have always contacted me prior. Yeah, most people said, have been like, hey, do you remember me? I'm this person from this thing. I'm coming yeah. to your gig. And, and that's really I've, nice. And often I've signed them a ticket or whatever yeah. and I've met up with them. But like mm. anyone that's turned up completely unbeknown to me has always been like a weird circumstance yeah. like that. <laughs> and, and I always assume that must be quite common. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in terms of reunions, uh, what I'd like to see are Eurovision reunions. What, like all of your <laughs> favourite Euro Eurovision acts from the last 10 years? I'd just like to see back. Sam Ryder and mm -hmm. the Ukrainian so called winners uh, <laughs> meet each other in 10 years' time just to see where they're at now. I bet a bunch of them do. 
Yeah. And if Russia lets the Ukrainian travel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, going, what was Ukraine? Oh, they, that used to be a country. That was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I'm not going to get involved in who's going to win that. I'm pretty sure it, it'll be the right person, but, uh, the right country. But the, um, yeah, I, do you think that they go away from that thinking... I'll prove. I'll <laughs> prove them wrong. Those people I thought were crap. Let's see yeah. how they're doing now. Do you think they might have a similar? I think. I think probably. It's like because, especially in a situation like that, if you're big into the competition element, there's one winner and so many losers. So everyone who is a loser is surely has a little bit of a. Well, I'm going to yeah. be super successful. Because this is the now. thing. Coming back to the arts mm. conversation we yeah. you had earlier about like in sport, the winner's the winner. Um, mm. But in in the arts, that's not always the case. So yeah. in 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 the singing world, in the music world, you could win, I don't know, uh, a Mercury Music Prize or a, uh, whatever. What other Sony? A what, MOBA. Um, yeah, Any a MOBA. You could you win one of them, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean mm. you're going to be the one with the most successful career, or even be, yeah. that you're the best. Or what? Yeah. Like it's singer almost like or musician within. Music and and acting and things like that. It's almost like people quite relish big, famous stars being like, "Oh, here's a point early on where I was, you know, failed this audition or things mm. like." People love that emergence story more so than in sport. You can't be like, "This is when I failed the Olympic trials, but still won the gold." That doesn't I, work. I think yeah. that would make me mm. like Eurovision more if they said, "Okay, part of the contract, mm. you can do Eurovision, but you're you're locked into now doing these future programs." Where we look back in ten years' time, and you know, see who won. And they who are did well. a bit locked in because almost every single person in each country delivering the scores from that country is a former act from that country. Yeah, they, they're like we're yeah. going to almost like they've got time to yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Norway. <laughs> Here's fast. this act from like they were at the 2008 Norway entry and things like that. it's it's almost universally previous entries when they go to the scores. Yeah, yeah, no, mm. that makes sense, and like that that's, mm. that that ties in with my thoughts mm. that probably the biggest gain most of the acts get out of it are corporate <laughs> bookings yeah. and like hosting and TV jobs. Oh uh, yeah, rather than bit of after dinner careers. speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like yeah, like if they met up ten years after the event it would give them a chance to go oh, well yeah you did win but i knew you weren't good enough to win i knew it was politics yeah. and that's why i've got a career uh, well, uh, so they can just meet up not. for a fight yeah 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 i'm playing stadiums and where was your last gig oh was it was it in your high school reunion hall <laughs> <laughs> i like how you take something that was i think intended as a sort of you know trying to nice spread idea. the brotherhood of mankind and you know, to, to become in a sort of bitter, sort yeah. of resentful uh, recriminations. See, I, mm. d I can't speak for the world. I wish I could. Can you not? But, but, <laughs> but I wish I could. But I, th I, I suspect that most people in the world, I like to think myself included, have the best intentions and would lo love the, the thoughts of those types of positive things and people yeah. coming together. But I think we're all riddled underneath that with with negativity yeah i think i think internally it's human to be yeah jealous everyone loves a good moan have. yeah it's they're cleansing yeah if you've got nothing to moan about then you're sort of you, you need the extremes in both directions to enjoy them yeah 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 <laughs> i know so, but the argument could be that that's why you need these structures to transcend your own negativity that if mm. the I'm, st I'm, I'm, turned around. I'm starting to argue in favour of Eurovision. This you is what you're Eurovision all is. I, you're telling me all I need mm. to solve the problem of me is to organise a singing competition. It's, 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 <laughs> no, ma massive bureaucratic structures that are requiring billions of pounds of funding and slush funds that I will. But uh, if you think about it, as simple as that, <laughs> but if you think about within Europe and stuff, a lot of uh, a lot of countries within Europe, the news about Europe and other European countries as a whole is always whole is always political. So it's nice when it's something silly and dramatic like let's do a singing contest yeah. it's uh, fun yeah i, I suppose mm. i th there is a kind of chauvinistic mm. view that i, I suppose because i think mm. one of the greatest exports for britain is popular music and that we're so yeah. good at it that we don't really need it whereas maybe some of the you know maybe abba did need a leg up yeah. with a eurovision song contest and so i suppose there's a sort of patronizing bit in my head talking about negative mm. emotions and stuff that that it's for it's fine for Europe to have it, but I don't think Britain should be party to it because we had this whole 
Yeah. We've done quite well without it. We've I done... mean, within like music, for example, our music industry just is objectively bigger. Yeah. And mm. yeah, and especially if you're going by um, countries that tend to sing in their native language, yeah. that's a much smaller market. So they so are it, unlikely it, to have that. As you that said, we're very good at exporting popular music, and uh, so you've got to give the other countries a chance with their unpopular music. <laughs> Oh, like our previous entries have been absolute gold. This is for you countries that are not as good at doing popular music, right? Come on now, come on, you can. I think it's... What, so you're seeing it as like, let's let them all ride a bike, but leave the stabilisers on. We can all all contribute here, we'll all get something, put the tambourine down. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny, because that's what I think. (laughs) So patronising to what are frequently very talented musicians uh, doing something a bit fun. But shouldn't it be? Like, <laughs> but underneath that is positivity, and I underneath was, that is more negativity, and underneath that positivity. I was yeah. thinking though, it's <laughs> layered, layered. You had like in the seventies in Berlin a lot of the sort of early sort of techno and electronic stuff coming out. So maybe they should make each country go to the extremes of their. So it's not yeah. like just kind of popular, easy listening, but it would be real way out there stuff like going, what's th- that that would be interesting they should it? do a draw where they're like it's like they have two baskets and they pull out a country and like ah oh, this is italy and you have to do country music this year <laughs> just yeah. pair them up and be like you're doing this yes this thing. that's right uh, so this is a, you've got to sing about uh no uh an elephant yeah. And, uh, oh, so the there's a third of, one, and it's like, yeah, yeah I think the top the subject is this, and in the style of this, it's like a bit like improv or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I get a suggestion from uh, Europe on what I should be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I like the idea of 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 people doing something that's specifically them. Yeah. Uh, like I like the idea that all of Scandinavia would send thrash metal bands <laughs> to, to, to to there. I don't know what we'd send. What's typically British? Just Morris dancing. Um, yeah. Musically though, pop music, grime, pop grime. music. It's. Mm. I mean, there's quite a few genres that we've got because we have a bigger industry. There's room for them. <laughs> yeah, but there's a reason it's bigger. Yeah, because it's, it's more. It's better. <laughs> Might also be because we conquered a lot of the world. Yeah, and then made them speak our language. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we could have a pop industry. Yeah, Yeah. that was the thing. You say what you like about the sacking of the monasteries, but it funded those boats, (laughs) and that really helped the music industry. (laughs) There's like Henry VIII is still paying us now. Committed. To, uh, emerging artists. Possibly the most historic thing I've heard you reference: the sacking of the monasteries. I wouldn't would have known that you knew there were monasteries and that they'd be, been sacked. Of course, yeah, of course, I'm aware. I'm northern, or, or am I? 